Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. College football preview for the 2023-2024 season. This is stupid versus spread. Uh, Mike, let's get right into it. Uh, we're just going to go chronologically. We're going to spend this. This is a, a two-hour bit, right? We're going to spend about 20 minutes on each conference. And yeah, we're then... not doing the, uh, the mega marathon <laughs> seven hours of previews where we just say like go through each team and we're like yeah they ended some transfers on the offensive line i think they're gonna win seven games <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was that the was... entire big 12 <laughs> i think we were pretty accurate in our predictions i'd have to go back and check all right so so let's start with the acc um and what used to be like perennially uh competent clemson um running the show i don't think that's the case what do you think mike i do um i so we're gonna do for each conference i think just to briefly explain the concept we'll do um who who we're taking to win the conference our favorite over our favorite under and then who we think is going to finish last um just to get some variety and we'll try try to not pick the uh the same teams here i've got some alternates in case we do uh, but my champ is Clemson. Uh, they're currently at, at plus 145. This is, I think, less – I'm not necessarily that high on Clemson overall. Um, I, I think Kate Klubnik, based on what he showed towards the end of last season, besides like the ACC championship game in, uh, against North Carolina, against maybe the Power Five's worst defense, um, had, did not look this like overwhelmingly good. Um, obviously they, they transitioned away from DJ, uh, Uyunglele, who's now out in Oregon state, but, um, I, I thought I, w- I would have liked to see more from him. And, you know, I think if Will Shipley gets injured, they have some problems offensively, defensively, they're going to be really good. They've got NFLers all over their roster. They've got, I think the two projected top linebackers in the draft, uh, in Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter. Um, and so I, I just, I think overall, though, I trust the the program that has more experience, and and I say I'm not that high on Clemson, but I, I'm. We'll talk about them in a bit. I, I assume um, I'm a little bit lower on Florida State than probably most people are. Oh, really? Um, okay. So yeah, that I think that's more the the me picking Clemson here is more I think fading Florida State overall. Um, but yeah, I I think defensively Clemson's going to be very good. This if. Club Nick puts it together in his second year. They have the potential to be a very good team. And, a, and a, a, I don't know about necessarily national championship contender, because I think even in that universe, I don't know if they can beat uh, Georgia, but a, a team like Georgia or an Ohio State, but they have the potential to be a, a, a true playoff team um, and one that won't necessarily get dog walked. Like we're not talking about the TCU here. They're better than that. So, um, yeah, I think overall I like Clemson to to win the conference. Okay. I don't. I don't hate it. I. I actually am kind of going in a different direction. Um, with this, I. I'm gonna sprinkle, Florida State and North Carolina. I. I don't subscribe to the idea. I don't think, Cade is is, going to take Clemson to a national title, and because I don't think he's gonna take him to a national title game, I am hesitant to say that Clemson outright wins. Uh, the ACC as they kind of have. I like Florida State the most. I think Jordan Travis can really take a step up. Uh, I mean, you look at his stats from last year, how he played. He had a 64% completion rate, like a great 3-1, to 4-1 to touchdown and interception rate. Um, actually, almost 5-1, to 24 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Um, 
I think they're going to struggle early. I think their first game is LSU, which sucks for them because uh, that's a tough game. But but I think Florida State can kind of come out on top. I don't know that Clemson has what it takes to to. I think they're hitting like a multi year little rough patch before they start to take off again. So I think the way I see it, I, I'm not a fan of Clemson this year until they prove me wrong, right? Because the past two years they have not really been the team that we thought they were from previous years where they were highly competitive in the national championship race. Um, so I'm going to stick with Florida state and, and North Carolina sprinkle it and, and see how it goes. I'm also not huge on the ACC in general. I think it'll be a somewhat weaker year compared to at least last year. I thought last year was very competitive. So um, I also, you know, I think if you look at the, the field, Everyone besides the the teams I've mentioned, Pitt and maybe like Miami, are contenders. I think everyone after that. I think you're talking about a good like, you know, what are there? Fourteen teams in the ACC. So I think you're talking about a a, a good eight teams that are just really at that like six and six. If you make it to a bowl game, consider your season a success level. I don't think after what we saw last year with Miami that there's any hope that they won't collapse eventually. I like Pitt. I think Pitt's a good team. I like Pat Narduzzi uh, as a coach. I, I think he can get his guys up. I just think there's a little too much competition in the ACC for Pitt. So I'm, I'm sticking with I, – I don't think Clemson goes. I think it's either, uh, you know, Florida State or, or North Carolina coming down the stretch. I like the vote of confidence for uh, the Tar Heels uh, because <laughs> I am not that confident. Um and uh, as a as a North Carolina fan, we could talk about them. I I am not going to take them as my under team, but I just hate the spot we're in. Um, mostly, like it all comes down to is the defense even like mid below average um, for North Carolina? I guess I could just we could talk about them now because I'm not going to like I said I'm not going to take them as my under unless you have them as your over. I actually don't know. Okay, yeah. So we'll we'll talk North Carolina quickly. Um, Drake May is really good. They have five running backs that are legitimate, like power five players. British Brooks is back up his ACL. Um, and they're, they're entire Elijah Green's back and they have two freshmen last year, Brandon Petway. And I forget who the other one was. Um, but they, they're going to be able to, I think they will run the ball probably more than most people expect given the passing game. They still don't know what's going on with Tez Walker, which is insane. Like one way or the other, I, I, I think it's stupid that the guy who transferred, you know, the the two-time transfer rule they're cracking down on, he didn't play his first year because the season got canceled because of COVID. So he transferred to Kent State, and then he transferred back to be closer to his, you know, sick grandmother. Before they, you know, they cracked down on the two-time transfer rule, he, he arrived at North Carolina before that happened. Um, and now they're saying he can't play. Um, whether, like, yeah, it's dumb. You know, I, I think he should be able to play. But on top of that, more so, he's appealed. You know, the governor's involved and Mac Brown's calling Charlie Baker. Uh, but the point is, we're a week away from the season. Like, p- pick a streak, one way or the other. If you're gonna, if you're gonna keep him out, keep him out. If you're not, not. But uh, like, let him play. But t- so, tell us, uh, <laughs> you know, more than a week before the season, because he was projected to be the number one receiver on this offense, right. and a uh, Blitnikoff you know, watch list guy, it, you know, we're not talking about like a, a, a slot dude. So yeah, I, that's dumb. But it, like I said, ultimately this comes down to um, whether or not the defense is even like, you know, b- 
bottom tier, like bottom 25% or if they're just horrible again. I hate Gene Chizik more than anybody under the sun. Uh, that's not true. Brian Cashman, I hate probably the most. Uh, but Gene Chizik, uh, Gene Chizik was god awful last year as a play caller, and you just and they lost both starting quarters in Storm Duck and, and Tony Grimes the transfer portal. It's a very young secondary. Cedric Gray is one of the best linebackers in America, but there's not a lot there elsewise. Um, so it ultimately comes down to like, is can this defense be even average? Because Drake May should be really good again. I think you know, obviously Josh Downs was amazing, um, but I think more than anything too. Last year, I think UNC had uh, – I heard this stat. I think Tom Fernelli was the one who said it. Seven – they had seven games decided by three points or less, and they went five and two in those games. Um, so that's a lot of luck. Um, the Duke game specifically, Georgia State was a, a war. Um, and that that's a lot of luck and that you have to repeat, and I think their win total is over eight and a half. Um, and now you've got like the beginning of the season is not easy. South Carolina is not going to be a joke at a neutral site game. I, I we're favored. I last time that happened, they played South Carolina, Charlotte, they got dog walked. Um, and South Carolina looked good at, to end the season. And Frank Beamer has been, or not Frank, what's his son? Is it Frank Beamer? Uh, no, no, no. What's the son's name? Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer. Um, he's been recruiting really well. So that's not an easy game. Then you come home to play app state, Minnesota, um, two games that are not, you know, check off wins. Um, so that, you know, if you get off to a rough start here, it could go really sideways for North Carolina. So um, I say all that to say, I'm optimistic that maybe just the defense buys in this year. And if they're even remotely average, like we could, we could start the season three and and be very much in the mix. Um, but I'm, I'm very guarded. Uh, anyway, your favorite over. <laughs> Sorry. That's my North Carolina rant. I'm, <laughs> All right, I'm going to do somewhat of a like homer move with my bet here, but I'm going to say Florida State over nine and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I do believe in Florida State. I believe what they've shown in the latter half of last year, it's, it's, it's a risk, right? It's not mm-hmm. the greatest bet in the world, but I think Florida State has what it takes to really surprise some people, and I think they have what it takes to, to, to kind of take that next step um, this year. I think Clemson uh, over... Nine and a half wins is also a fair bet. Um, I don't hate either of those. Um, hesitant on uh, NC, but um, I, I I think either Clemson or Florida State, I think it's probable they actually both get over nine and a half wins, but I'll go with Florida State, kind of stick with uh, what I've been saying and, and that they're going to kind of go far in the ACC this year. Um, I... My over is Wake. Um, Wake is at six and a half right now. Okay, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, they lose Sam Hartman, but Dave Clawson has proven. I, I think you can make the argument that in the past five years, Dave Clawson has done the best job in America building a program. Um, I think when you look at the across the Power Five, I would say you know there are some other people. You know, Sonny Dykes got handed the keys to a kingdom. Um, you know, Mel Tucker took a big step back. There are some other, like off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of other programs, maybe like Washington, but I, I would say Michael Penix was the, the catalyst yep. there. But I, I think across the board, you'd be hard pressed to find another coach who's done, you know, Dave, Dave Clawson, when he got to Wake Forest said that this wasn't, you know, it wasn't a power five roster. Um, and they have every offensive lineman they brought in, they've redshirted, uh, that's continued to happen. They're very old. 
um, which is a good thing in this era of college football. Um, so they lose, yes, they lose Sam Hartman. They lose A.T. Perry. Like, they lose a lot of guys that you're used to seeing from the Wake teams that have been really good. Um, but they're, like I said, they're very experienced. Griggs is, I think Mitchell Griggs, uh, their quarterback has been sitting behind Sam Hartman for three years now. Um, he's ready to go. They run that slow mesh. They're always tough to play. So it just seems like six and a half, you know, in a conference where, like we said, we only really like a handful of teams. Um, I think six and a half is low on a, on a Wake Forest, you know, team that has the potential to be pretty decent, you know, to go seven and five and, and be in the mix sort of late. So, um, yeah, give me the over for Wake six and a half. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, who's your who's your under while we're at it? My under, ACC? my under is Florida State. Um, they are, you know, nine and a half, so they would have to go ten and two. They've got LSU and Clemson, um, and they, you know, otherwise you're picking them. You know, if you're saying ten and two, they've got to they've got to go undefeated the rest of the way, even if they lose those two games. Now you could say they pick one of those off, and that gives them a little bit of buffer room. Um, but their schedule is not the easiest otherwise you know they get Miami at home but they do travel to Florida and to to they travel to Florida to Pitt and to Wake Forest um all of those games are losable I would say they'll be favored in all of them but the, all of those games are very losable um and I just think they're with the success that they've had on the recruiting trail right now there's a lot of pressure on Florida State this year um correct and it's just maybe not pressures in the right word, but there's a lot of expectations. Um, and so I could, you know, obviously I could see a world where they live up to that. Jordan Travis is a good quarterback. Um, Jared Burris is great. They've got studs, you know, finally some of the, the transfer portal and recruiting guys are starting to pay off. They just have, they have dudes that look like NFL players. Um, but I think I could also see a world where some of the expectations get to this team. And that doesn't necessarily mean to me like seven and five, but I like, it just feels like there's another game in there. You know, they, let's say they lose to a more experienced at Clemson team and, and opening against LSU is tough. I know um, Madsen Smith, the, the D tackle that was supposed to be back is out for that, like autograph sanction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a tough game, but like, Florida State and LSU, it feels like right off the bat, are two teams with like very high expectations that don't match the way their teams performed last year. And so I I, I think one of those two teams, I actually have them both as unders because um, I think they're both just going to have a little bit of trouble meeting the expectations this year because they're both top 10 teams. And that's that's a lot of expectations on teams that haven't really shown it in the past couple of years. So I think overall uh, I have Florida State under. I think they finish 9-3. and three. Um, they might still win the ACC there because, you know, there's no guarantees that Clemson pans out. But I, I just think overall, you know, may, I think they're probably a year away and we put the expectations on them this year. Um, whereas I think if, if they had Jordan Travis coming in next year with some of the guys they got on the recruiting trail, I could see a world where, you know, they're a, a true playoff contender. I will say you will see whether or not Florida State is that team. Very early on, they play the first week on Sunday night, uh, LSU at home, and then th- three weeks later, the end of September is is uh, Clemson at Clemson. Yeah. So this within the like, first yeah, four this weeks, is an instant winner or loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the first four weeks, you will see whether or not Clemson or I'm sorry, Florida State is is a team or is not a team. Um, 
And I think you'll kind of see the same with LSU as we, we'll, which we'll talk about in about two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as under for me, I this is mean. I'm going to go with Virginia under three and a half. <laughs> Uh, I think if you look at Virginia's schedule, it goes like this. They're at Tennessee, and then they have JMU, Maryland, NC State, Boston College. Uh, that's their first five games. I don't see a win there. I, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, maybe BC, maybe, but they're, Boston College is getting a little better, and they're at home. Boston College is, has a really good defensive line. They're winning they do, yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, I think – we'll talk about this later. I think Boston College makes a bowl game this year which would be fun to see. I see a win with WNM. <laughs> All right. And then they, they, then their games are UNC, Miami, Florida, Georgia tech, who is a better team than Virginia by far, mm-hmm. Louisville, Duke. And then they end with Virginia, Virginia tech game. I, I don't see another three wins there. Like I don't, I, I, I don't see how Virginia is coming out on top. Maybe they squeeze one by with like a Duke or a Louisville, but, I don't see Virginia coming out with more than three wins this year, so I'm taking them on the under. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have them as my basement team. I also have them under three and a half. It, they are the basement team in this. I'm sorry, Virginia fans. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are so the basement team because of like you know, obviously everything that happened last season. I don't think Tony Elliott is just ne- is necessarily a bad coach. It's just more timing of a program that just is not going to work out. Um, if I if you Put a gun on my head and made me pick another team to finish last. I think I'd either go Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech. Um, I, I think Boston College, like you said, will be pretty decent. I also think Brent Pry is a good coach. Um, and Georgia Tech, like you said, is going to be a better team. Um, but I, I think Georgia Tech got a little frisky last year. So I'll go with Georgia Tech as the basement team if it's not Virginia. I think everybody thinks it'll be Virginia. I think Virginia is picked as the worst power five team in America. Um, my, maybe Northwestern, but, um, you know, Georgia Tech sn- snuck up on UNC, obviously last year, they played some other teams tough. I, I don't think Georgia Tech sneaks up on anybody this year. And I don't no. think anybody's looking at Georgia Tech as like, oh, we've checked off that win. Um, so I think that probably works to Georgia Tech's disadvantage, even though they're not like, they're not that talented of a team, but nobody's going to really overlook them. Um, unless they just get dog walked the first half of the season and maybe some of the teams they play in the back half you know, say, okay, we've got this, you know, in the bag. Um, so, yeah, if if it had to be another team besides Virginia, it would, for me it would be Georgia Tech. But, yeah, uh, Virginia's going to be bad. All right. Well, let's shift gears here. Let's move on to what is quickly becoming one of the most powerful conferences in the game, uh, the Big Ten. Uh, Mike, you want to start us off? Who's our Big Ten champion? Uh, I'm going to go off the board here. Um, I known Michigan hater me. Um, I, Michigan is very good. Um, yeah. They have the best returning running back combo in the country, but I don't, I think that might not even pan out that way this season. Uh, I'm not going to go Ohio state because I need them to, to show it. I am, my pick would be Penn state plus 600. Oh, um, God. My, I look, they every year I fall for it. Every single year I have said Penn State, I think this is the year they get them. But I think this year, if Drew Aller is the guy that they have projected him to be, 
you know, their five-star guy, the quarterback in waiting. They're not J.J. McCarthy, but like a guy who can truly be a dynamic quarterback because that's really what they've been missing. Like they've hung, you know, they hung two years ago when they played Michigan at Happy Valley, they hung with them and just Sean Clifford couldn't move the ball offensively enough to, to get them to beat Michigan in a game they were very much in. Uh, and then last year they had two running backs, obviously in um, – they their two running backs were amazing, but again, Sean Clifford just not dynamic enough of a quarterback. This year, they have a great offensive line. They, the running backs are back. Um, their names are escaping me right now. Um, and Drew, if Drew Aller's good and they've got a couple dudes to throw to, their defense is going to be nasty. Um, they've got they've got all, I think seven guys on Penn State made Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Um, so they've just got dudes. They've got the dudes this year to hang with um, Ohio State and Michigan State. I think they pick one of them off, and then uh, if things break their way, they make the Big Ten championship game, and then I think if they do, they win it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know between Ohio State. I could see Ohio State and Michigan State going either way. I also think that the, if you can take this, um, a three-way tie for the East, would be a nice little future to, to pick. Cause I could definitely see a world where um, Penn state they, beats Michigan at home, Ohio state yeah. beats Penn state at home. And then Michigan beats Ohio state at home. And you have a three-way tie. Interestingly enough, the winner there I think projected would be Ohio state because of their non, I think the tiebreaker is like non-conference opponent record or something stupid like that. Um, so that would be, it would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think this is the year. I think Penn State picks off one of Ohio State and or Michigan, um, and I I just I think Michigan's probably favored, right? I don't know what their conference odds are, um, but Ohio State's at plus one sixty five. Penn State is at plus six hundred. So to me, this is just this is value um, for Penn State not being that far behind. I mean, they're a top ten team. You know, it's not like. When I say off the board, it's not that far off the board. They are a top 10 team. It's just Michigan and Ohio State are projected to finish better. Um, but give me the value for Penn State at plus 600. Excuse me. I uh, I am not a fan of Penn State. I, I, I don't think they show – I mean, look, they, they had an interesting year last year where they kind of rose back to a little better prominence. I just don't see them beating Michigan or Ohio State this year, so I'm not high on them. Like that, that's my, that's my, that's my barrier for them is that I, I don't think they beat Michigan. I don't think they beat Ohio state. Right. Like I, I don't think they make it to even like the, you know, I don't think they're first in the East. I don't think they go to the big 10 championship game. And like my ceiling for them this year is, is really like do well enough to get into uh, maybe a, a, a high seed, you know, um, in the college football playoff. And, and I don't think that they really have the capability to do that yet. I, I think they need another year or two to kind of develop. Um, you know, there were, there were some really good points for Penn state last year, but there were some also, you know, weird downturns. And I think when you're looking at their schedule, you know, it's not the easiest in the world, right? They're a good team, but they've got Iowa by week four, Right, they kind of coast with Penn, uh, with Northwestern and UMass, but then they got Ohio State. Um, you know, two weeks later they got Maryland at home, 
or Maryland's at home. So Maryland always loves to pick off a, a high seed team, give them trouble. And that game is right before the Michigan game. And then they got Rutgers after that. I, I really don't see them um, performing to a level that gets them to the the, the Big Ten championship game. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan. Um, this is more of a I want Ohio State to prove it, and I genuinely don't think Wisconsin or Iowa are going to be enough of a competitor for whoever comes out of the East. And I think well, right now who's most likely to come out of the East is Michigan, right? There's not much value in plus 175, which is what I think they are. But um, I, I don't think Michigan regresses this year in, in much capacity. So I'm going to stick with them uh, kind of knowing that, you know, the, there is a risk there with Harbaugh's self-imposed school-esque, you know, three, three game ban, whereas like dad and, son or coach in half the time right like i uh, in that regard i am worried that that you know there might be some bad mojo there but i i think when you look at it i think michigan's still the second best team in college football right now and i don't think there's anything that should dissuade you from like thinking michigan is is n- not good essentially like i think they're one of the best teams in college football right now i don't think penn state is going to to overcome their and ohio state's prowess to to get to that level yeah i i'm just lower on jj mccarthy um i think he's i think he'll do well i i think he's a good quarterback i think he'll make probably second third round maybe in the draft i just at, like, at worst he he wasn't great in any game besides the Ohio State game, um, and when they needed him to do a thing, he threw two pick sixes against TCU. Um, that that sort of lost them the game. Now he came back uh, and tried, but he he threw two pick sixes in that game, and they lost the game by seven points. I don't associate that loss with his fault. Honestly, I thought that was partially the fault of the defense. I don't yeah. I don't put the blame 100% on. And they looked underprepared. I mean, we're not going to go back and exa- I'm not going to go back and examine that as like a where's the bar, right? But I don't I think McCarthy had a bad game and I'm just okay with looking past that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think it's more an indi- like his completion percentage hovered around I think 60% in the rest of the games he played besides the Ohio State game. Um, to me, I just, I think that slip manifests itself and slips up at, at some point. Um, so I'm, I'm lower on Michigan again. They have a great offensive line, two great running backs in, uh, Blake Horn and Donovan Edwards. They'll be good. I, I don't think it's an indictment. Necessarily. I think they go, you know, 11 and 1, 10 and 2 again. I could easily see them winning the big 10. It's just a matter I, like, I, I think that this, you know, everybody's saying this is their best chance to win a national championship. And I still just don't think they have the guys to do it. Um, and, you know, um, I would rather take a team that I think that has slightly more upside if everything goes well. Um, the two running backs I was talking about, Katr- uh, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Um, I knew Katron Allen's name. I couldn't remember Nick Singleton's name. Um, but, yes, I am I am higher on uh, Penn State. I, oh, uh, but I, I'm not necessarily down on Michigan. I think 10-2 is the floor. They're going to be a very good team. Um, it's just whether or not everything goes their way to win the big 10. And to me, I'd, I'd rather have the value. Uh, we're going overs. Yeah. Who's your over? Uh, so my over is also Penn state. Um, but I, I won't rehash that. I will just say that besides uh, Ohio state, Michigan, um, like you said, they get 
they have to go to Maryland, which is not a huge trip, but then they get Iowa at home. Um, they get West Virginia at home. And besides that, the rest of their schedule is garbage. I mean, Delaware, UMass at Illinois, uh, Indiana at Michigan State, Northwestern and Rutgers at home. Those are all like games they should dominate. Um, their schedule, to me, fans out pretty easily. I think West Virginia is not going to be good. They open with them. Uh, and then besides that, it's really the whole season sets up for Michigan and Ohio State. So I think even their over-unders at nine and a half, if they lose both Ohio State and Michigan, they go 10 and two. So I think it's hard for me. Then they went nine and three last year, um, and they should be better this year. For me, that, that one feels like a win. But if I was going to go with another team, just we talk about somebody else, Wisconsin over eight and a half. You want to talk about a schedule that sets up for a team. Um, yeah. I don't understand. Like, where does this team go eight and four? Um they have to they they play they get Ohio State at home they don't play Michigan or Penn State um, and the rest of, they go to Minnesota but that's a rivalry game at the end of the year and otherwise they get Buffalo at home they go to Washington State who they should be much more prepared for this year um, and then besides that they go to Georgia Southern um, don't know why uh, and then their their road games are at Illinois and at Indiana in the West and then they get Iowa at home Nebraska at home Northwestern at home and Rutgers at home. Um, and they still have a lot of talent from the Chris era. Luke Fickle should be better. They get Taylor Mordecai, who's a much more competent quarterback than Graham Mertz. Um, so in all of that, find me four losses. I, I just – I don't see that. I think the floor there is like nine and three, even if they stumble in two games. Um, it's just hard for me to see this team not finishing nine and three or ten and two. Um, and so, yeah, the over, over eight and a half feels like a, a very solid pick. Well, you you found out what my pick was. <laughs> I, I I I took a look at Wisconsin's schedule, I, and it's really just an examination of the schedule and, and the talent of the team. I think Wisconsin really is probably a top twenty, top fifteen team. They're ranked like that right now, and they simply don't have the schedule that matches with what they're saying. Do I think they're going to beat Ohio State? No. Do I think they're going to beat Iowa? Possibly, actually, because I think Wisconsin's a very good team. I think Iowa struggled on offense. A lot of people are going to be high on Iowa this year about their change, their radical change, and how their offense is going to get off the ground, right? But I, their I radical change s- being put it in sc- Brian sc- Ferentz's <laughs> contract and he has to score <laughs> three hundred. Yeah, that yeah. radical change. Yeah. But McNamara has been getting a lot of hype from the local reporters. I have heard a lot about McNamara. I have heard a lot about how the offense has changed. I mean, Fornelli was talking about it. So I'm, 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 I'm allowing myself to believe that Iowa will not be a joke on offense because they genuinely were oppressive on defense and special teams. Yeah. However, even if you count those two as a loss, like Wisconsin does not play a ranked team. And the rest of their games. I struggle to see any stretch of games except for mid-October where they play Iowa, then they go to Illinois, and then they have Ohio State at home. Um, but both those big games are at home, and Wisconsin shows up. So, like, it's not impossible to think that they might really give Ohio State a hard time, especially if they're a little better than people think. And then you look at the tail end of their season, and their hardest game is Nebraska towards the end of the season, right? Like, I don't Indiana's a terrible team. Northwestern's a terrible team. So I think if you're looking at the schedule and, and what's presented to Wisconsin, I think I see I see them getting to nine, ten wins pretty easily. Yeah. Um so I, I'm excited to watch Wisconsin. I also think Wisconsin comes out uh of 
the Big Ten and, and shows up in the Big Ten championship game, do they perform well? I don't think so. Um, but it, it would it would surprise me if it's not Wisconsin just based on the ease of their schedule compared with others. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I, I, I do like Wisconsin. I like I like the team. I like the fans. So it's a bit of a bit of a influence pick here. But uh, yeah, uh, but I think if you objectively still look at their schedule, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see where they yeah. where they don't get eight and a half wins. Yeah, Luke Fickle's a good coach. They should be way better. And they get Ohio State at home, which I think is going to be a tricky game for Ohio State. I think I don't, I'm not saying Wisconsin wins that game, but I think Ohio State Ohio State won't sleep on that game, obviously. But I think going to Camp Randall, they're going to be fired up. New coach, good environment, tough game for um, Ohio State. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wisconsin give them a real, a real shot there. Because Wisconsin or uh, Ohio State always has one road game in the Big Ten where they just look like they got zapped by the Monstars, um, and they just like <laughs> it, like they just forget how to play football. Like they, every year, they like whenever they go to Iowa, they always look like they they've never seen a football game before. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Northwestern. You know, like they they always My, have they always have yeah. one game. It doesn't matter. Urban Meyer, Brian Day, doesn't matter. They always have one game on the road in the Big Ten where they're just like, what? Who? Why did they leave all their players on the bus? Like, <laughs> uh, who is your worst team in the Big Ten? No, are we doing unders? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Mine will coincide. Okay. Uh, little little uh, shocker. My under is Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota has is right now at seven wins. Um, they have their non conference is not easy. They go that includes a trip to North Carolina, and I just if they're a middle of the road team, you know, over seven means seven is a push. They got to get to eight and four. Um, they get they got to go to Ohio State. They play Michigan at home. Um, they have Wisconsin, obviously. They go to Iowa. Um, so if you're count, if you're counting on the top, if you're counting along with me, that's at Iowa, Michigan, at North Carolina, at Ohio State, and Wisconsin. If they lose all those games, they go seven and five, and that's a push. And none of those games are easy. Uh, and then on top of that, they play. They get Illinois, albeit at home. They do get Michigan State and Nebraska at home, but neither of those games are necessarily like gimmies. Right. Um, so there's just way more opportunity for them to slip up than there is them to to go eight and four they would have to win all of those games i just mentioned and pick off one of you know iowa north carolina michigan ohio state wisconsin to me that just i don't see that happening i think seven you know under seven is a pretty solid bet they lost a lot too like mo ibrahim isn't there anymore pj obviously had all the offseason stuff like there's just a there's a bad vibe coming out of the land of ten thousand likes for me yeah, and and I don't know that starting off with Nebraska at home on a Thursday night is like the easiest game in the world either. No, <clears throat> you know, and then you 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 have a maybe a, an easy one with Eastern Michigan, and then you're diving right back into it playing UNC at UNC. So yeah, yeah I, I I like that uh, honestly. I I think I, I would probably tail that to be honest with you. Um, I also, I mean, my under and my worst team in the in the Big Big Ten is going to be the same. Uh, Northwestern is not a football school, uh, and I'm looking at their schedule. I think it's very possible that Northwestern comes out with one win, and here's why. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rutgers is good and better than Northwestern, and it's hard to play at Rutgers, especially it, uh, on a Sunday opening. 
UTEP is better than Northwestern and they will play, beat Northwestern. They play Northwest or they play Rutgers on a Sunday to open the season. Yep, September third. That is so weird. UTEP, uh, a power, uh, not a power five school, a G five school, will beat Northwestern. UTEP is better than Northwestern. They won't beat Duke. They won't beat Minnesota. They're going to get crushed by Penn State. The God, one win I see God from Northwestern. Watch Northwestern play Duke. <laughs> that's that's a that's a tough one. That's that's one of those ones where it's probably not on the TV. Just two like insufferable sports. <laughs> like they, I mean, Duke's going to win, but like the, I I don't mean like the physical game. I just mean where is that game? Is it at, at Duke? Two, yeah. yeah, like one of the ugliest stadiums in America. Like just oh gross. I know. Uh, the one win I see for Northwestern is when they have Howard at home on October 7th. That's the only one I see. Like they go on, they play Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois. All those teams are better than Northwestern. Northwestern's over under total is three and a half. Where is the win besides Howard? And yeah, all of that, all of that isn't even taking into account, uh, that their entire <laughs> athletics department is crumbling, crumbling, literally <laughs> crumbling. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I, my, my worst team in the big 10 is also Northwestern. Um, yeah. It just, where, where are they getting these wins from? I'm also on that under, um, if you, I should also say, I think they're the worst team in college football Yeah, in probably, power five, yeah. in power um, five. Yeah. I would, I would probably agree with that. Um, I think if you made me pick another team, Indiana is going to be bad. But not they're not gonna be Northwestern bad. Um unfortunately these two teams don't play each other. Um because if they did, that would be like we could just take the under and watch the world's ugliest football game. Um I like I would hope that it would be like thirty five and raining with twenty mile an hour winds <laughs> and just watch just watch Northwestern play Indiana in the world's worst football game. Um so yeah, I think uh but I agree. Northwestern's the worst team in this in, in the Big Ten. It's not even close. Um, yeah, they're going to be bad, bad, big sting. All right. Uh, we moving on to the big 12. Yeah. I think unless there's like another, another over under that you want to talk about, I think we kind of, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think Northwestern is definitely a lock on the under to be honest with you. Um, but I hate saying the, the L word. Uh, all right, let's, let's move on to the big 12. Uh, I think uh, probably one of the more interesting ones, especially with all the changes coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of good teams this year. Uh, you know, I I I think you'll we'll talk about it. I think TCU is definitely a regression, but I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff. A reminder that Cincinnati and UCF are now in in the Big Twelve. BYU too. BYU as well. Um, and then obviously this is the last year that Texas and Oklahoma are in the Big Twelve. Also Houston. Don't forget. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Houston and Houston, Cincinnati. Jordan. Yeah. Oh my God, I totally forgot. There's yeah. a the, huge, huge additions to uh, the Big Twelve. Uh, so I think it'll make it a lot more fun, a lot more competitive. It's, uh, it, I think it pulled in a lot of good schools. I, I, I'm a fan of of you know Houston and Dana and what they've been doing. Uh, down here by me, so uh, it should be fun. But let's get into it, Mike. Who's who's your champion? Um, I logical me says Texas. Um, if so, you I'll let. I'm assuming you're on Texas too. So if you you can take Texas, I'm going to talk about a different team, <clears throat> another another value play uh, here. Um, Kansas State is plus six hundred to win the Big 
12. Um, and they return a lot. They have one of the nation's best offensive lines. Um, and they're just always a solid football team. And they have, like I said, they lose Deuce Vaughn, but they haven't lost much else from this team last year. Will Howard is still, um, you know, the, the Will Howard's still going to be the quarterback there. You know, they're going to be solid. They're going to play good fundamental football. Um, and I just like, you know, Oklahoma gets Nolan Gabriel back. Texas, you know, is going to take a step forward. They're, they've got, you know, Texas is going to take a step forward. How big a step is, is really the question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Texas is probably still a true year away. Um, and I think like, you know, next year with Arch Manning and, and some more dudes coming in, um, they have the going in. The only problem is they, they run out of time in the big 12 and then they go to the SEC and it's going to be, you know, difficult, more, way more difficult for them. Um, so I think there's a lot of pressure on Texas, but if, if I had to pick a team that isn't Texas to win this conference, I think Kansas state is a very good team because like I said, they're solid, they're experienced, good coach, um, tough place to play. And they just don't lose games. They shouldn't lose. Um, so yeah, I, I love, you know, Kansas state as, as an alternate here, especially plus 600. That feels like really good value. I think I, I don't hate that. I think your big, like is Kansas state our true competitor comes in week three when they go to Missouri. Um, you know, we forget sec football is a little different. Missouri's used to getting beat up. I think they can give Kansas state a run for their money. Um, I think if they don't, Kansas state is probably a much better team than people think. Cause you're not going to get a good look from SEMO or Troy, right? If you're looking yeah. at their schedule in the first two weeks, but then after that Missouri game, it's, they got UCF at home, Oklahoma state, and then Texas tech and then TCU. Um, that's a pretty brutal stretch, and that doesn't include Texas two weeks later. Um, so I think if they are a team, uh, like you're saying, I think you're going to see them dominate some of these better, like, Power 5 teams and mm-hmm. new entrants, essentially, to, to the Big 12. I think your real, like, are they or are they not a very competitive team comes when they play Missouri, because I think Missouri will give them maybe a more different look than some of those within the Big 12 will. Um, so I think it should be interesting. I, I, I don't hate it. I actually think Kansas State's a very good team this year, and I think it's very plausible that they make the college football playoff. Uh, yeah, and I mean, they do, you know, obviously the Big 12 schedule is never going to be easy, but they do get TCU, Houston, Baylor, uh, and Iowa State at home. Uh, they only, they, they're three most difficult, ro- if you look at it without looking at the sequence of the schedule, they, they have to go to, um, they also get UCF at home. They have to go to Oklahoma State. They have to go to Texas Tech and to Texas, all places they're familiar with playing and all teams they've beaten recently. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I think this is just like take a team, you know, obviously, you know, same thing, similar vein to Wake Forest, take a team that has the experience, a lot of veteran players um, and, and a good coaching staff to, to do solid things in, you know, college football, which is, you know, young kids doing dumb stuff. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> so I'll I'll take the reins here. No pun intended. Uh, I will say I think Texas wins the Big Twelve. Um, I think Texas could very well go like a be a one loss team. I'm I'm a fan of Quinn Ewers. I was last year. I last year the Texas game. He a uh, Texas Alabama game. He won me over. Uh, I know that'll be a big talking point because that's their second game of the year at Alabama. That's their second of the homestead um, <clears throat> or the one and one that they did with Alabama. So they got a warm up game at Rice or playing Rice at home. That's fine. Right. And then they go to Alabama. I think 
Alabama game aside, whether or not they win or lose, I think you could see Texas kind of walk the dog on everybody else and, and take over the Big 12 really quickly. I think Bedlam, like one more Oklahoma-Texas game is going to be a lot of fun, right, uh, on October 7th. But I think when you're looking at the schedule, I think Texas, as long as Quinn Ewers is the guy who displayed what he did last year um, and has improved upon that, which everybody is saying he has, uh, I really think Texas can – be a top four team in the league in college football, not just not just uh, the Big Twelve. Honestly, if we're being brutally honest, I think I think you could see Texas move up to probably like f- five or six in the rankings somewhere in the season. And I think if they beat Alabama early on, you're going to see a massive jump. Um, so I'm I'm high on Texas. I'm ready for them to just brutally disappoint me this year. Um, it is fun to not be an actual fan of Texas football and then just shit on them when they turn bad somewhere in the year. But I don't think that happens this year. I do think they come away with the Big 12 title. And I think we see them in the college football playoffs for more than one game. Wow. Um, I I think Texas wins the conference. I'm probably a little less high. I think, you know, mm -hmm. they they have a lot of expectations coming into this year. Um, because they have dude, it's not just Quinn Ewers. Like Ewers gets another year. He's the guy. I am also high on Quinn Ewers. I think, you know, when you look at what he did against Alabama in the first half of that game, if he doesn't go out, they were going to win that game. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you take that, they've gotten, you know, they lose Bijan, but their, their skill position, they still have Xavier Worthy. Their team is going to be very good. Um, at the skill positions, their offensive line is better, but I think most importantly is like they have NFL dudes on defense. Um, and so if the defense is better, they're going to be a very good football team. I, I think, you know, I love them. They're, they're pretty good overpick. I would say, I think I had them shaded as possibly an under, but I think looking at their schedule, you know, I could see three losses, but that would take, um, you know, that would take a loss to Oklahoma and like a slip up somewhere else, assuming they don't beat Alabama, mm-hmm. um, which is very possible. It's Texas. Um, but I just think I think nine and three. Even then, if, if you look at that as the floor, I don't think that that's necessarily um, like a. It, it sucks because the expectations are going to be ten and two, or eleven and one, and a playoff spot. And I think a nine and three with a Big Twelve title is still like a is a good season for Texas Tech. Probably a little bit disappointing, but you know, considering the job that Sark has done, getting this team from being you know what Tom Herman had it at to being a team that that nine and three is the floor is progress. It's a slow march towards being what Texas thinks it should be. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think they're the favorite. I think, you know, that's, um, that's fair, especially because, you know, when you look at Oklahoma, yes, they get Dylan Gabriel back. They lose Marvin Mims, but they haven't really, you know, I just don't see how, that they fixed the problems from last year, which was like the defense for a guy, yeah, Brent Venables, who is a defensive guy, like it's going to take him time to bring dudes in there. Um, and so I just they, I think they finished last year what seven and five, um, and it, I think their over unders, uh, I think their win totals at eight right now. It's hard to see them not only, you know, mad. Oh uh, no, their their win totals at nine and a half, which seems shockingly high. Um, and I just don't see where the guy, like what pieces have they added to make you think that they're going to be like three games better than they were last year or four games better than they were last year. It's just not to me that that doesn't seem likely. So yeah, I think this is more Texas is just the most talented team. 
take Texas uh, to win it. But, uh, you know, I think the expectations of that fan base are probably mismatched with what should be considered a, uh, a successful season for Texas this year. And I, I don't think they beat Alabama at Alabama. I'm, I'm high on Alabama, which we'll get to uh, oh, okay. next season, um, <clears throat> uh, then the next hour. But um, yeah, I don't think they beat Alabama, but that shouldn't be, that shouldn't stop Texas fans from treating a 10 and two season, the big 12 title as a success. Yeah. And so I, I mean, my over is, is Texas as well at nine and a half wins uh, or nine, is it nine or nine and a half? Hold on. Let me check. I think it, I see it. At, <clears throat> I saw it at nine and a half. Yeah, I like I like nine and a half. I think Texas gets ten. I think the only way that they don't is Gwen Ewers gets hurt, and I don't think that'll happen. I think even um, if he does, like maybe Arch is just that dude, and they still yeah play. yeah yeah. Like even it's, if even if Ewers gets hurt, or even if Quinn Ewers just pulls like a Spencer Rattler and just forgets how to play football, like you have another guy you can go to. Um, so yeah, I uh, I I think over is a pretty safe play um, for Texas. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I just don't I, I don't see more than two losses on their schedule, really. So I think 10 and two is a perfectly re- like if they lose to Texas and they lose to Oklahoma, maybe they're not as good of a team, but they're, they still mop the floor with every unranked team that they play. And they're still 10 and two. Like, I, I think that's a very strong possibility. Or you have a fluke game, right? You lose to Alabama. You got a fluke game somewhere in there and you beat Oklahoma. I think both of those are very realistic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll correct something. So, I think I think nine and three. I'll go back on that. Yeah, that's probably a disappointment for Texas this year. Um, it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. If they still win the Big 12, at least it's like, hey, we still won it. But yeah, uh, yeah. but 9-3, and three, given their, the way their schedule sets up, is probably a disappointment for Texas. This year. I, I will say I think anything less than a Big 12 championship is a disappointment for Texas and Texas fans with how much hype has been said about this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only if they go ten and two and don't win the Big Twelve, if like they you know they lose on a tie break or they lose in the Big Twelve, you know, let's say they go ten and two, but they lose the Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, that's probably a disappointment. But overall, ten and two is a good record. So uh, yeah, I think you're we're we're on the same page as that this should be a team that only has two losses on their schedule uh, and should win the Big Twelve. Uh, who is your under? Uh, I'll go. I didn't. I didn't talk about my over. And I'll oh, go my I apologize. Under. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll spine them. Uh, my over is Oklahoma State. Uh, over six. Uh, they lose okay. Spencer Sanders. Um, but Mike Gundy knows how to beat. Uh, knows how to beat Big Twelve teams. He's an experienced coach. This is again. This is just me picking a team that I feel like. Uh, has experience in the coaching staff and has experienced dudes on the roster. And um, it's not a big number. Like they've got to get to six and they, they get central Arkansas. They go to Arizona state, the second week of the season, which is a tricky game. But other than that, they get South Alabama on their schedule too. And then it's just like a fight of the mids in the big 12. They got to, they play Kansas at West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma's a, a good team, but uh, BYU. But they don't have to play Texas. Uh, they do have to play Kansas State. Um, but other than that, you know, at Iowa State, at UCF, at Houston, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Kansas, all those teams are just mid, 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 mid. And, like, yeah, I'll take – give me the coach who has been doing it forever who's going to find a way to get those guys to win those games. So um, I think Oklahoma State is a, a smart pick over six here. Um, so that's, that's my over. And then my under, um, I'll give you two in case you're talking about 
either one of these teams. Um, Texas Tech is at seven and a half, and Iowa State is at six. Um, I think Texas Tech is a little over their skis as far as expectations go. I think um, I I follow a lot of people on Texas Tech, like on Twitter, on to, of who who are fans of Texas Tech, like diehard fans, and they are hyped for their season. And I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand why Texas Tech is excited for themselves. But yeah, I like. I like I, they're not my under. I just don't think. Yeah, so, I think they're making a bowl game. That's your. That's your. Yeah, threshold. yeah, exactly. But like eight and four, when they've got to get, they get Oregon at home. Sure, but that's a, like that. I don't think they're going to win that game. Uh, they've got to go to Texas. They go to Kansas, um, and they've got to play K State at home. They, you know, they get TCU at home. But that's not an easy game. Like t- Oregon at home is they're out of conference. Like yeah, that's not TCU easy. has lost a lot, um, and they still they've got to go to Baylor and BYU, which neither of those places are easy places to play. And Baylor, especially, I feel like always plays teams in the Big Twelve tough. Um, and uh, Blake Shapin's still there, so that's you know that's not an easy game either. To me, it just seems like you know seven and five would be a good season and march in the right direction for Joey McGuire. And they've got you know they're winning on the recruiting trail, which is good. He's a high school coach or a former high school coach in Texas. So, like, they're making progress. But I think eight and four would be quite the jump for this team that I think finished five and seven last year. Um, and I just, like, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot for that. But if I, if I wasn't going to take Texas Tech, Iowa State at six to make a bowl game with all of the crap they've got going on, um, I would assume this number would have dropped already. Um, and I, I see it at 5.5, I will yeah. say. Okay. But still, still. Six. But still, yeah. Um, still, they've got a yeah. Like they they play Iowa at home in the uh, gambling bowl, uh, the second week of the season. Um, they do get Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas all at home. But they do have, or they also get Texas at home. But they do have to go to Oklahoma, to Kansas State, um, and then they've got a handful of tough Big Twelve games. And they're going to at Cincinnati, at Baylor, at BYU. Uh, all those games are very losable. Um, and with all the stuff going on, uh, yeah, I, I could easily see a world where they the bottom falls out and they go four and twelve and Luke or not Luke Fickle, who's the coach there, the guy that should have walked away when he had the chance. Um, I'll, I'll look it up, but yeah, Iowa State and Texas Tech. I'm lower on. All right, we're back. Uh, slight technical issues, but we're here. Uh, I think Mike finished up with his picks. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to stay in my little like lane here on how I'm kind of doing this. My, my bottom, my, my under and my bottom are going to be this, the same ones. Uh, I think <laughs> Westford. <laughs> well, so here's the thing for, for the past three conferences we've talked about, the bottom of the barrel is the worst. And typically yeah. you're not seeing win totals that go below three or four. Right. So like when a team, like West Virginia exists and I think <laughs> West Virginia is going to get three wins and their over under total is four and a half. Like it's hard not to take that. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, West Virginia is my under Well, I know it's West Virginia is my under. Uh, I think if you look at their schedule, it's, it's tough and they're just not a good team. I know that sucks to hear because they're fun when they're good. They're fun to watch, mm-hmm. but they start off with Penn state. No way. At Penn State. Uh, yeah. At Penn State. They're gonna they're gonna get crushed. And I think that's a bad way to start your season, truly. Yeah. And I think it sets you up for failure down the road. I think yeah. they'll be one and one by week two. But then you look at their schedule, Pittsburgh, Texas Tech, TCU. Maybe they pull off a win on Houston, so that's two wins, but then they got Oklahoma State, UCF, BYU, Oklahoma. Maybe they get past Cincinnati and finish with Baylor. 
I see three wins max. Uh, I don't see four and a half by any means. Um, so I'm going to take West Virginia on the under. Um, I looked at Cincinnati. I didn't pick Cincy. I think they'll kind of both wind up with three to four wins. I think Cincinnati's just a little better, but not by much. Um, I think, though, that, that Cincy can kind of maybe sneak by on one or two games where I think West Virginia is just set up so horribly by their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Cincinnati, they got, you know, they got Eastern Kentucky, Miami, Ohio, you know, they got a few in there, Houston, Kansas at the end of the year, which, you know, who knows um, if Kansas kind of maintains that upward progression from last year. But yeah, I think, uh, I, I think since he may be just a little better position to not be the worst team in the conference. And that's, that's not saying much, but I, I think uh, if you're really looking at it, you know, maybe it'll be a fun game since he West Virginia second, uh, second to last game of the year that might actually make or break this under bet. Yeah, um, it, it's really unfortunate. I have the same basement. I already did my under-my-unders were uh, Texas Tech and um, uh, Iowa State. But I'm also on the under for West Virginia. I also think they're the basement. It's unfortunate because I say they have two non-conference games that you would say you want them to keep playing, but they're at a severe disadvantage right now. Because like mm-hmm. West Virginia-Penn State is a great rivalry, but Penn State is a true football school, and West Virginia is just not. Um, so they're always going to be a disadvantage there, but you want to see that game continue to be played. Uh, and then Pittsburgh's interesting because, like, that should be the game where, like, it's a true 50-50. The backyard brawl is a great rivalry. Um, But Pittsburgh with Pat Narduzzi has been really good, and Neil Brown just hasn't been able to find the traction and momentum. uh, Even bringing in a guy like JT Daniels still hasn't been able to, to get it to click at West Virginia. Um, not only am I going there, I think Neil Brown's probably the first power five coach to get fired, um, this season, because, you know, you, you lose to, let's say you lose to Penn state, you go out and beat Duquesne. Okay. Um, he's basically going to have to put all his eggs in the Pittsburgh basket, to try to beat them. Um, because if he doesn't, you know, you could see where the, the life sort of gets sucked out of this team. Cause then they have to, you know, they get Texas tech at home, but then they go to TCU. And I think there's a chance that by the time they have to go to Houston, those two games, and I hate to say it about Dana, uh, that could be a bowl of, like, which coach gets fired. Because Houston's, Houston's yeah. schedule is not easy up front. They lose McCaskill. Um, they're outstanding running back. But they get they get UTSA at home, which I could – that game they could easily lose. Um, U- UTSA is really good. Um, there's people picking them to go beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, I think you – I'm also high on UTSA. We'll yeah. talk about this in, like, another hour. But I'm high on UTSA. Yeah, so like, yeah, they they go to Rice, but the game's on the road. Then they get TCU and uh, you know, a tomato can and Sam Houston in the middle. But then Houston is staring down the barrel of at Texas Tech. They get West Virginia. That's why I say if they lose that. But after that, they have Texas at home, at Kansas State, at Baylor, Cincy at home, Oklahoma State at home, and at UCF. None of those games they're gonna. I don't think find me a game in there that they're gonna be favored. Maybe Cincinnati. Um, it's possible. So like there, there's a good chance they finish five and seven, four and 12, um, or sorry, not four and 12, Jesus, the NFL, uh, <laughs> four and eight. Um, and, and for Dana and for Houston, which is, a, you know, a team trending in the wrong direction that could spell the end for him. Um, so yeah, that's another team where I look at, I think Cincinnati is probably the better pick if you have to pick somebody other than West Virginia, but you're right. I, I think West Virginia is your, your basement team in the big 12. Um, all right. Well, that's our first half of preview. Uh, we're going to split this into two episodes. So we're going to stop the recording here, but 
but tune in for uh, our next episode, which will be uh, right after this one.